Jesus is all about. Amen. Honey, why don't you agree And what everybody? a privilege as a family that we can walk with one another through trials. You know, Jesus said, we will have trials. We're not exempt from them. And so when they come, in our, come into our life, what a privilege as a family that we can stand with one another and walk with each other mm-hmm. every step of the way to victory. Amen. But we're there and we continue to uphold and contend and all the things that the word calls us to in these times. So thank you for supporting the Revago family and loving them and walking with them uh, through this. Thank you. Ladies, I just want to encourage you on Saturday, August 10th, we'll be gathering here. We want to have a time of just really, all I can say is it's like a spiritual tune-up, you know. We're going to come together. We have a word for you that the Lord has given us, and we're going to have a time of praying for each one of you. Um, And something I really, that's really important on my heart, and, um, you know, the theme of it is, and the theme of our fall Bible study is going to be walking in the presence of God. And God is with us. He is Emmanuel with us. And we always talk about going into the presence. You know, in the Old Testament, they had to go to the presence of God because he was not with them in like he is with us in our spirit. So, but we have him with us. And every part of our day walking with the Lord gets kind of jumbled up, doesn't it? We get so distracted by life. You know, we might start off with praying, oh Lord, help me today. Help me do, you know, give me wisdom. But then we go along our way and we don't, we, our thoughts are no longer connected with the Lord. We get so distracted. And really this fall is about, and what we're doing is really helping us learn to keep our thoughts tuned to the Lord with us. So we're walking in the presence of the Lord constantly so that we know he's with us. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. We know that, but we usually call upon him to come and help us. Not really, really again, because our thoughts get distracted and far away. And so it's really practicing walking in the presence of the Lord. You know, you got to practice it. Practice keeping your thoughts that no matter if you're at work and you're doing your job and your thoughts have to be on this, it doesn't matter. Right before you do that, you can say, Lord, help me right now have wisdom on doing what I need to do right now. And the Lord will help you. But your thoughts are still and your heart still connected with him throughout the day with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so no matter what happens, you have a sense of what the, what's coming and, and just that constant being in the presence of the Lord and getting that spiritual tune up in your heart. So that no matter what happens, no matter what trials, whether you're rejoicing or you're in trial, you have confidence in Jesus Christ. Amen. So join us Saturday, um, August 10th at 9 o'clock till 1030. We'll have coffee and muffins. And we're just excited to join together and be with you and pray with you. God bless you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see you. It's always a privilege to be able to fellowship with many of you on Sundays, and uh, I count it a great privilege to be able to stand before you to give the Word of God, but I need to give you some good news, and um, on, we are moving into a season that uh, I've been waiting for for 13 years, and in this season, what we are endeavoring to do with all the discipleship that we've accomplished, all the many different uh, leadership development that we have done um, from worship, just every aspect of our church. I just love being in church. I'm excited about 
the worship. I come and I'm just ready to just enjoy uh, the, the things that we do with worship. But Wednesday night is, is a uh, time that we really dig really deep in the Word of God, and we really dive into some topics that are not the normal topics that you would hear taught uh, on Sundays. And so, but the month of August is going to be in a really, real exciting time because we are releasing new teachers in the body of Christ. We uh, have been uh, forming and developing a ministry. And uh, so we have some amazing uh, men and women, but at this time we're going to have uh, men that are going to be teaching on Wednesday night. And I, what I want to do is, when I'm announcing this, you know, I used to always, when I used to do Wednesday nights periodically for uh, Pastor Bradford, and even Sunday mornings when he would travel a lot to be with his family, um, I would stand up in front, and the moment that I would walk up to begin to teach the Word of God, there would be a few people in the church that would actually get up and walk out because I wasn't Pastor Bradford. And, uh, you know, that, that religious stuff that's there that I despise. But anyways, they would, they would get up and they would walk out. And, and so um, what I'm asking you to do, some of you maybe don't even come to Wednesday night, and I would encourage you to come. And I would encourage you to support your brother, your peers, those that are, that are next to you, those that you fellowship in church with, and uh, we're going to have, of course, uh, Pastor Nolan will do one of the Wednesdays, but we have uh, August 14th, Rudy Rodriguez, Christina, our uh, uh, children's pastor, uh, her husband, will be teaching on August 14th, Wednesday night, and he is a Long Beach police officer, and he will be uh, speaking on that Wednesday night. Then the following Wednesday, Wednesday Pastor George Nix uh, by the way, most of these are all on vacation right now, so they're not here. But Pastor George Nix uh, will be speaking on the 21st, and he has been a four-score pastor. He is now uh, really digging in and being a part of our church and is becoming a teacher in the body of Christ. And also, uh, Israel Lasio, would you stand, Israel? And uh, amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, some of them we are working and endeavoring, and some has taken a long time with some of the situations with our district. But the reality is some of them are actually, we're working to get their pastoral license. And uh, because we are a church that equips the saints for the work of their ministry, and I have sensed a call of God on these men's lives. And so they are going to be teaching on the month of Wednesday. And a couple of them asked me, well, are you going to be there? And I said, probably, and they, you know, I said, of course I'm going to be there, so we're going to enjoy uh, being ministered too. Also, some very good news, as you well know, we own the building across the street and all the property, uh, but actually the bank has owned that for quite a long time. Uh, the church borrowed over uh, uh, quite a you know, million dollars in order its million dollar property uh, to um, to buy that, and uh, so 13 years ago, my wife and I came, and we inherited that debt uh, along with you, and so we've been endeavoring, working hard uh, to pay that off, and I want to let you know that as of our last payment, 
we owe only $10,114 on that. Amen. So the, the church will be uh, debt-free real soon, and we're believing October. Uh, we will be debt-free on that. And then we'll be able to uh, develop and, and even get some new carpet and flooring and different things like that. So, so yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so we're, we're endeavoring to do that, but we will pay cash for that. So we'll, we'll stay uh, debt-free. Amen? Everyone agree with that? Amen. And... Um, so um, also in the 13 years, you and I have endeavored to upgrade this facility from parking lot. We totally tore that out and redid it from uh, the air conditioning units, replacing all of that, replacing the electric. We used to have a, some of our electricians standing in the back on the board as it's getting white hot, hoping that there wouldn't be a fire. I mean, literally, that's the way it was uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, we'd have outages. And now we have enough power that, uh, you know, just, just short of the power of God, I think. Anyways, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we have done that. And, and those things, like the parking lot and, and electric, cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and so in the past 13 years, you and I have not only paid down that indebtedness, but we've also put out close to $2 million to redo and restructure this facility. And because God says, if you will take care of what I give you, I will bless you with much, much more. And so to me, my season in my life of I don't like debt, my season in my life is this, is that um, I'm going to be able to look and see God do great and mighty things at Valley. Who knows, he might have someone walk in and write a check and we might build a whole new facility. And the God is a God that can do that. But what we're doing, our focus, instead of the money going to buildings, our focus will be people in a greater way. It's always been people. But our focus will be people in a greater way with our finances. So can you just join with me and just give the Lord a great applause? Amen. Amen. And I want to thank you for being led of the Holy Spirit and be the, the tithers that you are and the givers that you are. If you're not a tither, I would encourage you very quickly to talk to someone and to understand what that is, what that means, and become a tither. We will be speaking on that uh, in the fall as we normally do, and we will be uh, sharing with you even greater things that God has. Well, turn your Bibles to James chapter 3. And uh, clock, be still on the wall. Um, but we began a series a few weeks ago entitled Proclaiming Your Future, realizing how our words matter, what we say, what we speak. Let me give you the last three titles that we've had. First one was every word has significance. We found our words uh, connect us to God and connect us to each other. And... Uh, when God reached out to us, the Bible tells us he sent his word. And when, when we reach out to God, we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we have this amazing relationship. So our words, again, connect us to God and our words connect us to each other, but they also can disconnect. Then we talked about there is wealth at the tip 
of our tongue. And we talked about how a lot of people say, well, can I speak freely? And we realize that all our words cost. Our words are valuable all the time. They can hurt or they can encourage. They can hurt or they can encourage. Then um, we talked about the 10 sins of the tongue. It was pretty funny. Um, Last week, I had someone come up to me, a gentleman come up to me, and he says, he said, I got nine out of 10 of those. And I said, I don't know whether to rejoice with you or to pray with you right now. And he was laughing. And he said, but no longer, that's not going to be what my life is. So we found that your tongue was created with an amazing purpose. In James chapter 1, we, we have to see that this is the largest discourse on the tongue. James chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. James chapter 1, 3, verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Now that we announced we have new teachers. Here's the reward of being a spiritual teacher, knowing that we shall receive stricter judgment. So a lot of people look at people on the platform and they say, well, you know, they just have it all good and they're just up there, you know, proud with their tie and and all the different things. But bottom line, uh, if you're a teacher of the Word of God, you have a responsibility to be spiritual and bring the Word of God to people. You have a stricter judgment before God. Verse 2, for we all stumble in many things. Do you agree with that? We all do stumble. None of us are perfect. But if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. You want to be perfect? Watch your words. You want to be perfect? Watch your words. Verse 2 continued. He is able also to bridle the whole body. If you are able to bridle your tongue, you can control your whole body. Now, I want you to, to look at that. Here's a question. Do you have any difficulty with your body? Your body is your appetite, lust, pain. Control your tongue, you will control your body. People say, well, you know, I struggle with that. I grew up with this and I had this in my past. I want to I tell them real quickly, but of course, people get offended quickly if their tongue isn't, they don't watch their words. And, and what I want to say to them, and I will say to you, if, if you literally want to change your, your past to your future and develop a, a, a lifeline to your future, then change what you say. So let's give you some uh, amazing facts on the tongue. And I'm going to give you three, three of them, possibly four. The, the tongue is disproportionately powerful. The first fact about the tongue is the tongue is disproportionately powerful. Notice that word disproportionately. In James 3 verse 3 it says, indeed we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. It's an analogy of a storm. They are turned by a very small rudder, the tongue, wherever the pilot, the Holy Spirit, desires. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member 
and boast great things, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. Notice all the analogies. In all these points and or statements, it states in the Bible, uh, you need to look at the adverb, is the amazing part. I could just say the tongue is powerful and think that's a good description, but it's not. James is trying to tell us something. The tongue is disproportionately powerful. We have to recognize the tongue is disproportionately powerful. The tongue is something that can either give you life or give you death. The tongue is something that can literally catapult you into God's plan, Jeremiah 29, 11, or it can catapult you into your own plan. I'd rather have God's plan, amen? So in other words, the tongue is real small, but the influence is greater than any other member in your body. James gives three analogies there in the scripture regarding how small the tongue is. So let's, let's, let's talk about uh, the, how powerful the tongue is. And let's talk about these analogies. First of all, he talks about the bit or the bridle in a horse's mouth. And we have someone that works with horses and uh, this is a bit uh, that bridles the horse's body. An 800-pound horse can be turned by this. And we need to understand the analogy that Paul has given. You could take a horse, you put the bit into the mouth, and you take the rein and just pull a little bit, that horse will follow. That horse will move into that direction. It may try to rebel, but because of that bit, all you have to do is pull a little harder, and it will move the direction that you're wanting that horse to move. And that's the analogy that uh, with a little piece of metal, you can control the strength and the direction of the horse. James is saying your tongue controls your strength and direction you go. If you are going the wrong direction, your tongue is influencing that direction. Many times people try to fix bodily. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We have to understand that in working with that, the tongue has such power, has such control of your body. If you are struggling in areas regarding your body, then fix your tongue. If your strength is not applied where you need it applied, it is because of your tongue. This is what, what James is saying. Think about a wild horse. Have you ever seen those, those videos or those shows that, uh, on TV where they show these wild horses and how they run? And we say, oh, how majestic, how wonderful. Look at, they live their life out on the plain. But a wild horse never gets anywhere. He never gets to a destination. He has no purpose or direction. He never accomplishes anything. They just produce and run and eat. Produce, run, and eat. There is no specific purpose or direction and is just running around. That is a wild horse. And there are people in our world that have no purpose, no direction, and they're just running around and they're blaming people and they're blaming God for not allowing God's plan to work in their life. And I want to tell you, it's because of their tongue. So this is what a person is like with an unbridled tongue without the word of God in their mouth, without that, that word 
in their mouth. If you don't bridle your tongue, you will never have the purpose God has for you. You will not get anywhere. You will not go in the right direction and will not be able to accomplish the call of God. Our mouth is so powerful when we will bridle our mouth, and I'm going to show you in this series in a greater way, in an amazing way, how to bridle your tongue, how to control that tongue. That's the analogy. So let's look at another scripture now. In James 1.26, it says, If any one among you thinks he is religious, now the word religious, this Greek word means, this word uh, means serving God. All right? Not the man's religion that I talk about all the time. And does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one one's religion is useless. It becomes man's religion. When our words do not speak the, the truth of God's word, when our words are not watched, when it's not kind and tenderhearted, and our heart is not developed, what happens is that our religion, our walk, quote, with God is useless. That's what that's saying. Now, I don't know about you, when I read that and understood that, that shocked me. Doesn't that shock you? The second analogy is the rudder on a ship. Have you ever seen a ship and how big it is, but the rudder is small? Let's talk about a famous ship, the Titanic. The Titanic was 882 feet in length. That's just shy of a football field length. It was 92 feet wide. And it weighed 46,328 tons. The length of the rudder was 15 feet 3 inches. The height, going deep, was 78 feet, 8 inches. James, in this analogy, is saying the tongue is disproportionately powerful. That's the example of the horse's bit. It's the example of the rudder and the size of the Titanic. Now, the tongue is so small, but it is actually what controls the direction of your life. If you're going in the right direction, it's because your tongue is proclaiming the right direction. Now, here is another reason why you always hear me saying, I am proud of you. And some used to say, you don't say it anymore. But when I first came, I used to say a lot like, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing. And some of you say, you don't know what I'm doing. How could you be proud of me? You don't know me. It's because my tongue... I'm taming my tongue with the word of God because I, I see in scripture the way God sees you. He sees you past your junk. He sees you past your, your past because your past, if you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, is forgotten. The sin that you did is forgotten. He doesn't carry that in your life like you do. Until you learn who you are in Christ, you speak your past constantly. And you keep going back in your past. And what God is saying to you and to me is that we need to begin to work in our life whereby our words are words of God. 
The reason some capsize during a storm in their life is because of their mouth. You see, because the, the uh, rudder is used to steer the ship, and when there's a storm and the waves are coming, you steer into the waves. You steer into the wind. And, and the reality is, is that when you do that, then you won't capsize. But if you don't have a rudder, the, the boat will go wherever the wind and the waves toss them. And Scripture talks to us about that, but we're not going to uh, belabor this. But the Word says that people uh, who are immature in the Word of God, they are like that ship that is tossed to and fro without a rudder. And so what is your rudder? Your rudder is the Word of God. Your, what, your rudder is God's plan, God's purpose. What God says, not what man says, God says. In other words, not religion. So if you get in a storm and your tongue points you in the wrong direction, you may capsize. With no rudder, you just go where the wind takes you. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 14. It says this, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Oh, and people use so much passion and emotion. This is right. This is just. And they're not speaking the truth. And we're like, oh, really? Wow. Wow. He's a good speaker. Wow. He's lying to you. And we have to know God's way. Well, here's the third analogy to show you how disproportionately the tongue is powerful, a little spark that starts a forest fire. Remember the ranch fire in 2018? Did you know it burned 410,203 acres? The aerial shots uh, were literally devastating. I don't know if you watched that. I, I, I'm, I'm always concerned about people. And I watch what happens, and I look what happens so that I can pray and uh, pray for people when they're going through. Remember the campfire near uh, Chico, California? It killed 48 people. This is what the Bible says a tongue is like when the tongue is not controlled. Now, many don't comprehend the, def the devastation of the tongue because all we see is a little spark. All we see is a little spark. There are many forest fires that have started when people have had fires, they had small fires to warm themselves, and then they thought they put it out, but they didn't, and a little spark flew away from that fire, and it started a whole forest fire and burned down hundreds and hundreds of people's homes and destroyed many people's lives. It came from a little spark. Our words cost, and sometimes we just flip them out like it's no big deal. So here's the second amazing fact of the tongue. The tongue is inerrantly, adverb, inerrantly evil. James 3 verse 6 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. <laughs> How many of you knew 
that the Bible talks so much about the tongue. Isn't that amazing? It's a fire in a world of iniquity. It can defile the whole body. Where the fire comes from is hell itself. So in the fact I gave you, I didn't say the tongue is evil. Everyone hear that? I didn't say the tongue is evil. It inherently says you were born with an evil tongue. Inherently says. Let me say it this way. The default setting of your tongue is set to destroy if you don't change the setting. You and I need to change the setting. You and I need to begin to walk in our life and begin to establish the way we speak. We need to begin to establish. Last week, we talked about the cursing and the blessing. And we talked about all the different things that we say. And bottom line, it comes back at us when it comes out of our mouth. So if you doubt this, then uh, in the default setting and how our tongue uh, can say evil things inerrantly, but if we control it, it can say blessings. But if you doubt this, and go back to junior high and remember there is a difference in a tongue that blesses and a tongue that speaks evil. And here's some of the words. You're so tall. You're so short. Man, you're skinny. Don't get in the wind. You're going to be blown away. Oh, you're fat. You're overweight. You got a big nose. Your ears. Because why that happens is you're going to school with people that have inherently evil tongues. Most kids have not handled niceness. You see, and let me say it this way. You don't have to teach your children to be mean. How many of you know that? You have to teach them to be nice. Now, how do you know that they're mean? Because of what they're saying. They're born with an evil tongue because when you're born, you're born in sin. But inherently, as an adult, you have an ability to choose life or death. So inherently, you have a tongue that that is evil, but when you choose life, it's a tongue that can establish the kingdom of God. When I was in junior high, I wore braces. And I put braces on, and I remember playing sports that, you know, I would bang into someone, I'd have to pull my lip out of my braces. And because I had what was called buck teeth. And so during school, I would be called tinsel teeth, railroad tracks. No one better kiss Gary, you'll get stuck. And when they would greet you, hey, Buck, how you doing, man? You know, and then the great one, after a while, I used to laugh at him. The great one was, hey, Gary, can I borrow you? I need to rake my yard. (laughs) But you know what I did at first? I would return evil with evil. And I would pick out parts of their body where they are. At junior high, you go to junior high and it's like, ah, words. 
Don't worry about your pastor. I'm still in counseling. I'm okay. <laughs> See, the, the tongue will say evil things if you don't do something about it. So here's the third amazing fact about the tongue. The tongue is humanly untamable. James 3, verse 7 and 8. says, For every kind of beast and bird of, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Notice what it says. You have to have to recognize the tongue is humanly untamable. No man, no human, no woe man, mankind, saying the tongue is humanly untamable. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. God can tame the tongue. See, the tongue is tameable, but it can be tamed divinely, not humanly. God wrote the owner's manual of the tongue. It's called the Bible. Has anyone here finally realized without God, you can't tame your tongue? Have you realized that? Exodus 4.10, this is a familiar scripture, but I want to show it to you. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent or have a tame tongue, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses says, I haven't been able to talk before I met you and even after I met you. He says, I have a problem with my tongue. Verse 11 and 12 of Exodus. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what to say. <laughs> go, and God will be with your mouth. When we speak hatred out of our mouth, and we all do, when we speak hatred out of our mouth, is that God? No, it's not. I know in this series, the Lord said to me, the congregation is going to be really quiet, but don't worry, I'll hug them while you're teaching them. <laughs> See, this is the best news in this series God can be our mouth. You can't tame your tongue, but your part is to submit your tongue to God. See, this is a subject in the Bible that is controversial in the world. You should know where this comes from. Speaking with tongues. A heavenly language. I'm going to talk to you about tongues in this series. We must submit our tongue to God. Now, don't, get, don't be offended with me now. People that struggle with tongues, speaking in tongues, a heavenly language, 
are people that struggle with their mouth. Because when we submit our mouth to God, we submit our spirit to God, God will speak through us. The Holy Spirit will speak through us, giving us a heavenly language. And we have to get to a place in our life that we understand the reason why some spiritual things that we so desire in our lives, the reason why we struggle in moving in that is because we have not submitted our mouth to God. I didn't know we'd get this far, but give me just a few more minutes. Here's the fourth fact of the tongue. The tongue is contrastingly productive. James 3, verse 9 through 12. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. See, I could have said the tongue is powerful. No, it's disproportionately powerful. I, I could have said the tongue is evil. No, it's inerrantly evil. I could have said the tongue is untamable. No, it's humanly untamable. I could have said the tongue is productive. No, it's contrastingly Productive. Watch this. There is no tree that can bear two kinds of fruit, and if it happens, it's unnatural. Someone has spliced it together. The tongue is so unique, it can produce blessing and cursings, and it's not unnatural for the believer. For the believer to speak blessing and cursing, it's unnatural, it's not of God. So here's where we started in this series. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. But let me finish with just a little bit of good news. Yes, death is in the power of the tongue, but the life you need in your walk on this earth is in your tongue also. Have you ever thought because of the situations and the things, the tragedies, the travesties that you face uh, growing up, the, the challenges, the, the testings and the failures and all the different things that you've done in your past, have you ever thought, I will never be able to attain what I'm feeling in my heart or what pastor's teaching because of my past? Have you ever thought that? Yeah. Let me tell you, you won't if you don't tame your tongue. But here's the good news. You will, you can, and you will if you begin to tame your tongue. If you begin to speak the word of God, you begin to thank the Lord for his salvation. You begin to thank the Lord for his forgiveness. You begin to speak good things about you. It's funny because uh, in, in some of the ministries that we're doing, we're going through people's personalities. And in the personalities, you have the positive aspect of a personality, and you have a negative aspect of the personality. And most people always lay their life on the negative. And the reason why we're doing the personality uh, situation is because what we want to uh, really do is to celebrate what God created you to be, who you are. You are unique to God. No one will ever be like you. 
I know someone had said that to you in a negative way. But you are so unique and special that God created you and formed you. There's no one going to be like you. And my thought process to you is why not find who you are? And when you find who you are, then begin to speak that and begin to live that out and thank the Lord for who you are. I thank God for who you are. Do you have difficulties in your life? Absolutely you do. But I thank God for who you are. You can speak blessings to your marriage, to your business, to your children. See, the life your child needs is in your tongue. You can take them to McDonald's and Wendy's and in and out in three days and act like a great parent. Some of you say, that's not a great parent. But the life your child needs is in your tongue. Don't curse your child with negativity. This is what you need to say. I have a strong-willed child. And if you read the Bible, the apostles were strong-willed people. One day I have a child that's so strong-willed, he can reach the whole world for Jesus Christ. But what do you do? You help them tame their tongue. You give them insight about their tongue. See, Satan wants to occupy your mouth. Let God occupy your mouth and be a blessing. Be a blessing. And by being a blessing with your mouth, you know what you do? You reach your destination. You reach the plans and the purposes of God. You know why we worship? Have you ever, you know, sang a worship song? Something like, uh, man, that person over there is so ugly. Thank you, God, that there's so many stupid people in the world. You don't have worship songs like that. You don't have praise songs like that. What do you do? Praise songs, worship, it trains your tongue. It helps you understand how you project the kingdom of God. See, there's so much about worship, and that's why the enemy fights you to worship. That's why the enemy constantly fights you to worship. You get away from worship, and your tongue is going to become untamable. That's why when we had such a large crowd for worship and prayer uh, last Saturday, uh, a week ago Saturday, it was powerful. It was amazing when we were here worshiping. How many of you were here? Amen. Look at, look at all the hands. That's just the first service. There are so many of us that were here, and we were worshiping. An hour and a half went by so quickly. Why? Because we were praising we, our tongue was being, watch this, was being ruled. Our tongue in worship had a bit in its mouth. Our tongue had, was like a, a rudder. The word of God was there. And our tongue no longer, we understood the spark to be able to sing and worship and catapult the presence of God with our tongue. Spot, stop speaking death and speak life to everything. As your pastor, I speak life to you. The blessings of the Lord are yea and amen. When you walk out of this door, the Holy Spirit is there to lead and to guide you. 
He is there to show you every step of the way you are to take. That problem you are facing at work, he's got the answer. That problem you have at your home, he's got the answer. So begin to speak that. I don't know what God's wanted me to do here, but I know he has the answer, so I am going to walk in his ways. Lord, I worship you and I thank you that this will be taken care of. Amen? That's what you do. I speak such a blessing over you. When you give, a hundredfold in return will take place. When you go out and you're giving to your neighbors, that something will happen and there will be an just an overflow of blessing coming into your home. When there's a need in your life, boom, it's there. Because why? Our God loves you. Matter of fact, you are his daily delight. And when you begin to understand that and out of your heart, speak faith-filled words, nothing but God's plan will come to pass. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.